You are now listening to Wave a Sound. Welcome to episode 63 of Versus Mike History. I'm your host, Michael History. Be sure to like, follow, and subscribe to the podcast wherever you choose to listen. And if we are on your preferred platform, let us know and we'll do our best to change that. For premier access to Versus Mike History content, join our members-only subscription tier on VersusMikeHistory.com. After all you have witnessed mm-hmm. about race relations mm-hmm. in the United States, what gives you hope? <laughs> Well, I don't know of anything in the history of black people in this country in which I've read some account in which it ended with, and then they gave up. (laughs) That's just not what we do. I know that we work for the future of our children and our grandchildren and their children. Um, That's our obligation. We don't have any other choice. What's good, family? Welcome back for another episode of Versus Mike History. And yeah, I'm coming off a really good weekend. Spent some time with some loved ones and some good people. Um, and the weather has been very nice. So everything is going well. And it's summertime. So, you know, cheers to that. Um, we got some good topics today. Uh, a lot of good stuff has been happening in the news and I curated a nice um, docket for us to get into. Um, I'm going to get into some uh, MCU news later on in the episode and dive into Loki a little bit. But outside of that, you know, it's pretty much all black content as per usual. Um, Make sure you guys are social distancing and uh, everybody is taking care of their health and their mental health, and, you know, chasing the bag, enjoying life, and cherishing all the great moments. But enough chit-chat. Let's go ahead and get into the episode. So, as always, you know, we have to lead with love. And this week, um, I want to give a shout-out to Liddy Boys. They were supposed to have their um, photo shoot for... Um, their upcoming mixtape, Everyone's Favorite Cousins, vol- Volume 2. Um, unfortunately, the shoot got postponed, and um, it will still be taking place outside of Brown Mill, but um, it'll be on June 18th. So um, if you're listening to this at the beginning of the week, it's happening uh, at the end of the week, day before Juneteenth. We get into all the celebrations and shenanigans and stuff this weekend. So shout out to the Liddy Boys, Drew, Kyle, Niles, and um, yeah, let's get it. Okay, so for this week's Black Spotlight, I want to highlight um, this black business that I happened to come across um, while looking into things throughout the week, and I came across them because they are a black-owned um, ice cream company that delivers right to your front door, and I'm getting this article from Afrotech, so bear with me. The nation's fastest growing black owned dairy free ice cream brand can now be delivered to your doorstep. You can now get this black owned ice cream brand delivered straight to your door. According to Thrillist, Kaiju's Creamery 
is a plant-based ice cream brand that was created by Chef Dwight Campbell and his wife, Nicole Foster, who is a public health attorney. Based in Baltimore, Maryland, it's now the nation's fastest-growing black-owned dairy-free ice cream brand, which exclude, which includes exotic flavors like baklava, Mexican cacao, and sweet potato pie. People hear vegan or plant-based and think ick, like they are dirty words, said Nicole in an interview. Or a, common wor- or a common story we hear is, I haven't had ice cream in 20 years, and we are able to give them that experience. We hope people can connect to Whole Foods again and feel the joy we put into making the product. That is a beautiful thing to hear. Um, I love that black businesses are becoming more readily available all around the country and that people are being able to experience um, them at a level where it's sustainable for black businesses and it's um, allowing these companies to grow and, you know, help other businesses in the process. So shout out to Kaiju Creamery, shout out to Chef Dwight and his wife, Nicole Foster, for putting together such a wonderful company. And let's move on. All right, let's go ahead and get into our first topic with some news from Pharrell. Uh, In that Pharrell is opening a private school for low-income families. And I'm getting this from Revolt, so bear with me. Pharrell Williams is highly praised for his role as a producer, but his philanthropic work is, is just as commendable. The hitmaker and his nonprofit Yellow are currently working to develop small private schools and for students and low-income families. As Pilot Online reported, Yellow Hab, the first of Williams's private schools in third, fourth, and fifth grades, will open up on September 7th in Ghent, a neighborhood in Norfolk, Virginia. The exact location of the school, which will be disclosed at a later time, was particularly chosen as the first site due to the current housing segregation and the future redevelopment of three public housing communities, which will result in an increased amount of displaced families. If the system is fixed and unfair, then it needs to be broken, said Williams in a news release. We won't we don't want lockstep learning where so many kids fall behind. We want bespoke learning designed for each student where the, ch- where the things that make a child different are the same things that will make a child rise up and take flight. Shout out to Pharrell for doing something extremely commendable, like looking out for the education of low-income families, uh, students, from low in- students from low-income families. Um, it's a very beautiful thing. And I can't wait to see how this works out. It's, it's really great that um, celebrities are starting to leverage their star power to open schools rather than, not rather than, but in addition to all of the other philanthropic work that they've done in the past. Um, yeah. So let's go ahead and move on. It was announced some time ago that Kanye West uh, struck a deal to start a collaboration line similar to his line with um, Adidas with the Gap and there hasn't been too much noise surrounding the collaboration and what would, what would be featured and what will be produced and so forth but earlier last week we got the first offering from the Easy Gap collection and um, a jacket and I'm getting this from Vogue so bear with me much like a surprise Kanye West album or a surprise merch pop-up or a surprise runway show, the first piece of West's Yeezy Gap partnership dropped. Damn ads. Um, 
the first piece of Yeezy Gap's partnership dropped this morning on Gap's website with little warning. Not that West needs any help on Buzz in the year that in a year since the partnership was announced it has spawned much discussion and a fair bit of sleuthing too. As some fans have guessed, the blue puffer West had snapped was snapped wearing in Los Angeles last week will be the first item for sale in his Yeezy Gap collection. Its arrival was announced with projections in the sky in New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago last night. The release ties with uh, ties in with West's birthday, June eighth. The boxy cobalt coat is being offered as a pre-order on Gap's site, priced at two hundred dollars. To access the pre-order, you must first enter your contact info, shirt size, pants size, shoe size, hinting that other Yeezy Gap pieces might arrive soon. Um, I don't really have an opinion on this. To be perfectly honest, I thought it was important to um report on, but. The jacket is not really my style, but I am curious to know. I am curious to see what else um, is produced from this collection because, you know, the Gap is an American staple and Kanye West is sort of (laughs) taking that uh, role in American fashion as well. So uh, it's really interesting to see what um, comes of this collaboration, especially since the whole story of Kanye West and how he used to work at the Gap back in the days. So a really cool full circle moment is happening. And um, yeah, wanted to speak on that for a little bit, but we move on. (coughs) All right, up next. All right, up next, we got some interesting news in the fact that Tiana Taylor has been named the sexiest woman alive by Maxim. And this is particularly interesting because Tiana Taylor is the first black woman to ever be considered the sexiest woman alive by Maxim. And, you know, at surface glance, you think, oh, this is cool. You know, Tiana Taylor has... Um, reached another accomplishment in her career. Great for her. This is a, a, a great look and think that. But then you think further into the fact that this is the first black woman that Maxim has ever considered the sexiest woman alive. And you think about all the women, sexy women in the world who exist now and who have existed in the past. And you start to think about why we hold certain publications and certain media outlets to a standard that they know nothing about. Like, why are we praising Maxim for naming Tiana Taylor the sexiest woman alive when we all knew Tiana Taylor was sexy as hell? And we all know that black women in general are sexy as hell. So why are we acting like this is some type of great accomplishment. Um, I don't want to downplay it because it is a great thing to, uh, it is, I mean, I don't want to, I don't like to downplay accomplishments in general, but it is worth speaking on that these white publications don't know what they're talking about when it comes to our culture. And this is one of the reasons why I created this podcast in general is just talking to talk about things of this nature about why, you know, why we hold 
these publications in regard when they don't know what they're talking about when it comes to us. So I'm going to talk about us. <laughs> and uh, that's pretty much it. I'm done ran. Now, this isn't necessarily news, but I came across this article uh, on Travel Noir that I wanted to share with you guys. And it's about this group called Melanin Base Camp. And it's uh, the group adding color to outdoor spaces. So when Danielle launched Melanin Base Camp in 2016, she was looking for something that wasn't mainstream. She wanted an online space to connect with people that looked like her, occupying outdoor spaces and adventure sports arena. Her thought process at the time was, if it doesn't exist, why not just create one? If it's a good thing she did because it's a good thing she did because since launching, she was able to start a blog and create diverse hashtag diversify outdoors hashtag in 2018, which has been used on Instagram more than 99,000 times. The space has just gotten larger and more inclusive. She tells Travel Noir, it's been so positive to see so many people of color, other diverse communities represented on social media. So I just wanted to highlight Melanin Basecamp really quickly because um, as somebody who likes to go hiking and enjoys the outdoors and got to actually um, enjoy some of those types of activities growing up, it's really cool seeing those types of spaces being opened up to more um, more black communities because black people like to hike, you know, like black people like the outdoors. It's not like we all just sit inside for some weird reason. And, um, you know, those types of spaces for a very long time just haven't really catered to our communities. So the fact that we're creating those types of spaces on our own is lovely to hear, and I just wanted to highlight that. Actually, I also want to highlight another business doing a damn thing um, called Curl Mix. And um, this is just about how a company named Curl Mix uh, raised over $5 million after being rejected on Shark Tank uh, for an offer of 400000 or rejecting an offer of $400,000 on Shark Tank, excuse me. I'm getting this from Afrotech, so bear with me. The founders of Curl Mix have taken the phrase, know your worth, to a whole new level. Tim and Kim Lewis launched Curl Mix in 2015 as a do-it-yourself subscription box, but in order to improve sales, they pivoted the concept into a healthcare line that has been thriving ever since. Curl Mix was birthed from our first business as a DIY box for curly hair, so think like a blue apron, but for hair said Kim in an exclusive interview with Afrotech. We are sending people raw materials to make their own kits and products at home, and one box emerged for all 24 that we produced, and that was our flaxseed gel. After customers left the box, the Chicago couple shifted their entire business to focus on their flaxseed gel, noting that customers weren't able to get the product in stores because most brands would never consider making real flaxseed gel because of the way that it is produced is like cooking. Um, so shout out to Curl Mix. You know, it's very dope that this business was giving people the literal, literal ingredients to make their own hair care products and that they decided that they would just shift focus into making actual products for people to just buy over the counter. I think that was really beautiful. And the fact that there are multiple different ways for people to um, conduct business and get their products out to different communities has been great because... Um, as our technology advances in our societies, we need to innovate new ways to help 
get our businesses um, across to more um, black communities that don't necessarily have all the access that black communities have in major cities. So shout out to Curl Mix. And I got one more thing on the docket before we get into some new music. All right, guys. So this last bit of news is just about how an educational program on Bitcoin has been selected by Square to receive money uh, as part of Square's overall Bitcoin endowment program. And I'm getting this from Bitcoin magazine. So bear with me. Black Bitcoin billionaire is focused on encouraging black people to onboard to Bitcoin through educational efforts and dialogue. It was founded last year by Bitcoin advocates Lamar Wilson and Isaiah Jackson. Black Bitcoin billionaire, black Bitcoin billionaire is heading up a campaign to on-ramp our people into Bitcoin and to encourage the accumulation of Bitcoin as an alternative to the traditional financial system, as its website explains. These financial systems have historically have historically and systemically oppressed black people throughout their existence. Bitcoin helps to change the landscape for black people. Financial services company Square has allocated five million dollars to in, in Bitcoin to its Bitcoin endowment program. It has selected educational black program Black Bitcoin Billionaire as the first ever recipient from for a grant from the program. Black Bitcoin. This is a mouthful. Black Bitcoin Billionaire is receiving one Bitcoin from the endowment, according to Square. The allocation comes as a part of a larger commitment to invest $100 million in minority and undeserved communities originally made in September 2020. Square announced that the allocation of $25 million of this total investment yesterday and released a memo outlining more details. So shout out to Black Bitcoin Billionaire for um, educating black people on investing in Bitcoin and, um, you know, taking charge of the future of this country in terms of where our financial services go shout out to square for um committing to investing in black communities and black businesses alike and um this is a beautiful thing you know um any money that goes towards educating our people will always be celebrated on this side so shout out to everybody involved and let's keep it pushing all right, y'all, let's go ahead and get into some new music. So this week was a special weekend. Um, we got a lot of good offerings. So first and foremost, the Migos drop off Culture, Culture 3, which um, is fire top to bottom pretty much. Avalanche, the opening record, goes super crazy, super crazy. Um, another, a couple of my favorites from this, though, um, I like Vaccine, Picasso with Future, um, having our way with Drake. Um, there's a couple other. There's one more I can't think of. Uh, I think it's I think it's handle my business. Uh, yeah. But um, Culture Three Drop. I've been listening to that pretty much all weekend, and uh, survived. Larry June also dropped off the Orange Print. I've been running that back to back. Our sound selection for this week comes from Larry June, actually, and I'll get into that later. A um, couple favorite from from this uh, tangible assets, uh, escrows and orange juice, and um, Grand Nash Chronicles with Trade of Truth. So yeah, um, what else we got? Polo G, he dropped Hall of Fame. 
This has a bunch of features on it. Uh, Dirk is on here. Wayne is on here. Uh, Herb is on here. Rod Wave is on here. The Baby's on here. Young Thug, Roddy Rich, Nicki Minaj, Fabio Four, and Poppy G's. Yeah, um, Polo G, he's kind of on top of the world right now. So, shout out to him because um, he's been doing a damn thing. Uh, what else we got? We got some new music from Tone Smith. And uh, that's called uh, FWM. This is a project. Nice little offering he got here. Um, what else we got? Some single releases. We have We Made It from Her. Uh, we have White Walls from Gold Link. Uh, St. John released a single from the Space Jam soundtrack called Just For Me and it features Scissor. Pierre drops off a record with Lil Uzi Vert called Sauce Boy 2. Eric Bellinger drops off Shine on the World. Um, Gucci Man and Pooh they drop off like 34 and 8. K, uh, K Camp has Game Ain't Free. Meg Thee Stallion has Thought Shit. Tyga and Moneybag Yo have Splash. And that's pretty much everything that's on my radar. Uh, oh, and Blue, Young Blue dropped a record with Chris Brown and 2 Chains called Baddest. Shout out to those guys. Um, I hope you guys go check out some of that music. And uh, yeah, that's pretty much it for new music. Okay. Um, I'm going to take this segment to talk about Loki, this TV and movie section. Because, um, you know, a lot of stuff isn't really on right now. And um, and I know that a lot of you guys are going to check this out. So I kind of wanted to take a little deep dive into everything that's going on. So Loki Marvel Studios um, has premiered their Loki series on Disney+. Plus. Uh, the first episode titled Glorious Purpose is out now. And... Um, my thoughts are that this show is this show does a really good job dissecting the character of Loki. You know, um, I was very curious to see what direction the series would take when it was first announced a couple of years ago, um, mainly because we see uh, we see a lot of sto- we see a lot of storyline from Loki across the movies. We see uh, him get featured prominently in Thor 1, 2, and 3, and then um, he dies in the beginning of Infinity War. So when it was announced that he would be getting his own series, I just figured that this is one of those cases where Marvel had a character who was too popular to move on from. And they maybe that was the case, but I think that Overall, they have decided that they can explore new stories um, while also while using this character to tell those stories and to move the overall story forward within the MCU. Because, you know, there's always an overarching story throughout all the series and movies. Um, That's the brand. But this this first episode was really good, man, is very it has it holds a lot of promise to what the series um can live up to um we get introduced to the tva which is the time variance authority 
and they basically control all time in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Um, and uh, yeah, so basically, this series starts with uh, a scene from Endgame where Loki takes the Tesseract and um, you know escapes at the end of the events of the first Avengers film rather than being taken to Asgard, um, as we see in the beginning of Thor The Dark World. And this causes a series, a whole series of events where he gets chased down by the Time Variance Authority. They take him in. They say that he's um, altering the timeline that would uh, eventually cause a Nexus event. And essentially, uh, an officer of the TVA named Mobius steps in and tries to dissect Loki because there is an issue um, that's been troubling the TVA that they are trying to get on top of. And they think that Loki can help with that. So within the process of this, Loki is basically in disbelief of the power of the TVA and how much control they actually have over time in general. And we see this throughout the episode. And it's very interesting. Um, We get a clip of Loki, we get a scene, excuse me, of Loki and waiting in line uh, at the TVA and he's watching this instructional video. And in this instructional video, it gives a lot of information about what may be ahead in the MCU because it details a story about how there was a multiversal war in the past. And this this is what led to the creation of the TVA which controls all time. So when someone goes off of their path and creates a new path, uh, sometimes it can cause a nexus event, which uh, would cause another multiversal war. Now, of course, we haven't seen or heard anything about any type of multiversal war before um, this information was presented in this episode. So maybe what is the past for some people is the future for the audience. Because Owen Wilson's character, who is, uh, which is Mobius, says that the TVA, um, that time works differently in the TVA. He says that multiple times, actually. And um, throughout this episode, we just see Loki, the 2012 Loki, not necessarily the Thor Ragnarok Loki, um, you know, just be pompous and just discredit everything um, that the TVA uh, kind of like upholds. And we see him get humbled throughout the episode and finally towards the end we see that um he's come finally coming to terms that the tva is this overarching power that has uh way more control than he ever uh could possibly imagine um he comes to this conclusion by trying to use infinity stones that uh just don't work at all and he sees that they're being used by paperweights by other people at the TVA, uh, he watches basically his future within the MCU that's on this file that was created. And he sees his demise by Thanos. He sees that he is the cause of the death of his mother. And he sees that his father also dies loving him. So he comes to this kind of cathartic conclusion about how he thought his life was supposed to be one way. And, um, it's, clearly meant for it to go a completely different way and um that's kind of where the episode ends and um the mobius character played by owen wilson uh basically gets him on board with 
their whole operation by saying, you know, if you help us uh, catch this variant, this dangerous variant, um, we can help you. We can help your situation. And the, there is, the dangerous variant just so happens to be another version of Loki. So we don't see much of that variant in this episode, but we do see how they've taken the variant. I mean, uh, has taken out multiple groups of uh, TVA officers who have been traveling to different points in time to um, try to capture this uh, variant and just figure keep things straight in general. So overall, I would say that it was a pretty awesome episode and that there's um, a lot in store for what um, the MCU can do following the series um, within the series and, um, you know, with just within the MCU in general. So it's, it's all very exciting things. And um, I'm excited to see what happens in the future and in this upcoming episode. And that's where I'll leave it. And uh, yeah, that's been Versus Mike History this week, guys. It's been pretty awesome talking to you guys. And um, I will see you soon. As always, some topics, questions, music, and movie suggestions. Follow the podcast on Twitter at VS Mike History and on Instagram and the fan base app at Versus Mike History. You can follow me on Twitter at Mike History and you can follow me on Instagram at Last Name History. Please, guys, sign up for the members-only section of the website. I'm going to be doing more interviews and producing more content for whatever you guys want me to do. Um, But supporting that part of my website helps me produce better content, more content, all that good stuff. But let's go ahead and get into our sound selection of the week. This week comes this. The sound selection for this week comes from Larry June, and it is entitled... 6 a.m. in Sausalito, and this is coming from the Orange Print, which just released. So go ahead and check that out, and be blessed, good people. Now I think it's about three, heading back.
back to the crib Exit on Marina, make a left, shit we almost hit Baby so sexy, got me really bout to lock it in House in the hills, matching whips and designer fits Now we back to the crib, she wanna Netflix and chill Looking at her pretty face, make me wanna Put my phone on airplane mode then I'm clocking in, in it deep She never met another nigga like this was happening You know I fuck with you the long way Living life fast as the game we play Stay focused, you gotta want it I'm striving, I'm striving Stay focused, you gotta Quick dry the sauce, Lido. Yeah.